watch out overhead radioactive spider bite strength of reflexes amplified hiding where you least expect it look out here comes the spider man crawling over the buildings on the ledge falling but he hangs on by a thread Spider sense and agility All the spider-like ability Spins a web in his eyes Catches thieves just like flies Look out Here comes the Spider-Man This is episode 483 for December 2017 And you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast And I'm your host, Brad Douglas and the opening song is called Here Comes the Spider-Man, performed by uh, the Screen Team. And they have a channel on YouTube. Check them out. They're really creative, and they do a great job. Uh, before we get on with news, I want to give uh, some shout-outs to people that support this show each and every month through Patreon. Uh, big thanks to Brian, Craig, Christopher, Andrew, John, Stephen, Michael, Frederico, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Michael, Michael R., Daryl, and Spider-Gwen. If you would like to support the uh, Crawl Space, log on to our front page at SpiderManCrawlspace.com and look on the right-hand side to support us through Patreon. You can also get us through Patreon.com slash CrawlSpace if you want to go directly to it. And uh, your money is used to help support the site, pay the bills, pay the expensive bandwidth costs, etc. that keeps the site up and running. All right, gang, let's get on with the news. Hey, Carl Spacers, welcome to our Spider News. Let's introduce the panel. We've got Zach. What's going on, sir? Oh, it is a great day. It is a beautiful day. The, uh, the birds are singing. He is so drunk. The, the, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's such a glorious day, and we're going to talk about why it's such a glorious oh, day. Oh, my gosh. Finally, our long national nightmare is over. It's not yet. We still have the same writer. Uh, we have uh, George in Texas. What's going on, sir? How much? This is what McNulty and I do when we're not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys been playing D&D together? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, I kind of, yeah, my guy is kind of like almost like a um, Scarlet Pimpernel type. Nobody cares. Who basically who basically hey. takes items wherever he goes. That was mean. But, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, but, well, you just heard Mike. Michael's, Mike's also on the panel. What's going on, Mike? Hey. Oh, not too much. Um, you know, sticking around a little bit. And hey. we'll see how Hey, fake Mike. Yeah. Mike, hey, Mike has to go doing? in the middle of this broadcast, so we're going to get Mike's topics yeah. going pretty quick. And we have, mm-hmm. wearing a green shirt, in Toledo, Ohio, J.R. Fettinger. Hear it for J.R. Well, not quite not quite Toledo, but anyway. Oh, my, my Spider-Man Cleveland. pop just fell over and hit the Green Goblin pop Cleveland. as I clapped. <laughs> it was Cleveland, J.R. okay? Fett- Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Jr. How are you, sir? I am fine. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> How are you? Okay. Anyway, I, I've what the heck? <laughs> oh my god that, that that was a terrible sorry, attempt I'm, I'm at pulling doing a Zach, I'm pulling a Zach by getting getting props out for the video cast. Sorry. Okay. Uh, let's who is? Spider- I've only I've only held up an animal this podcast. I have tried not to bring um, out any props. Let's spend more time on this. Okay. <laughs> let's definitely spend a lot. All right, let's get the, the news. Uh, nothing big happened. We just lost an uh, editor in chief uh, the last well, couple of days. Well, I, you know what though? If McNulty's got to go, let's. 
Yeah, well, well, Harry, Harry said he wants I mean, to we, talk about he wants to talk about it just to like bre- yeah I mean yeah, yeah. maybe just okay, uh, my okay. own little thoughts about it. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Well, we'll go ahead and start with that then. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, George. Uh, Axel Alonso is gone. Yeah. Yay. Um, so, George, why is this good news? Why is this good news to you, George? Well, it should be good news to everybody who has looked at Marvel for the last, you know, five or more years saying WTF is this crap. Um, so, yeah, Axel Alonso is, is not only out. He is no longer with the company. He didn't get promoted. He didn't fail upward. Like Quesada did, yeah. Um, um, but he uh, he's not with Marvel anymore, uh, and mm-hmm. he has been replaced by uh, by Marvel's uh, man in Asia, so to speak. I don't know if if Sabolsky was a vice president over there or what, but he's been working on Marvel branding in Asia and expanding mm-hmm. into like Asian markets. And right. when when he started at Marvel, he was like editor of Marvel's Mangaverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it makes sense that that's what he would do, but he's also known for as being a, a talent scout for like writers, uh, more so for artists, uh, for Marvel and, uh, and he's taking over, he's going to become the new editor in chief, uh, of Marvel. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is here in the last few years, especially the last couple of years, uh, Marvel has seen a dramatic turn in, in their fortunes in the marketplace, um, and, and a lot of it, you know, they've pissed off retailers, they've angered fans and all they do, their response is to keep doubling down on the same crap because it's all they know. Marvel's business practices were old. They were tired. They were uninspired, unimaginative, and they were not capable of admitting wrongdoing. They were incapable of it. Axel Alonso, Tom Brevert would never hear of it. So here we're in a situation where Marvel is is struggling, but DC is having great success with what it's doing with Rebirth, which is we've said many times on this show, uh, the success of Rebirth also comes with a huge mea culpa from DC about, yeah, we screwed up. Sorry. More or less. That's it. Wasn't it Jeff Johns? They trotted out to make that before Rebirth Mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he And, and Marvel's Marvel's incapable of doing the same thing. Marvel is just not. Just not willing to do it. Um, so Axel Alonso got shown the door, uh, and along with him goes, uh, you know, or getting rid of him probably takes care of a, not all of it, but a lot of the animosity that retailers felt towards Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the animosity that fans were feeling towards Marvel, which they felt was just over the top with all the damn politics bullshit. Just injected in there and beating you over the head day in, day out in your comics. And so and Sobolski even pointed out, and I don't have the I don't have the exact quote up here with me, uh, but quoted out in like an interview from like just like a recent interview, like I I think like the last um, week. Yeah, like last mm-hmm. yeah, where he basically said comic, you know, comic fans probably don't want to see their characters voicing all these all these political opinions. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it, the, the the timing is very, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, you look at that and you, you're thinking that this is probably why they went to the guy. It sounds like he wants to focus more on stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and politics and just good, you know, and, instead of trying to be more divisive by injecting identity politics into every book again and again and again, 
it sounds like he he's more focused on wanting to write the ship and mm-hmm. just get back to telling stories. Right. Oh, well, if you look at the um, there was the New York Times day when they um, this is where I first uh, heard about this, where they had the um, uh, the article about Zabolski. Um, if you read if you find that Times article and you read like the last two paragraphs of that where it talks about Alonzo's time at Marvel and how he says, oh, it talks about how they recently had some controversies with that one guy at that retailer summit who talked about diversity. And then they mentioned Secret Empire. Yeah. And what they were pretty much almost suggesting without a doubt, right. I confirming was those were the reasons why Alonzo got essentially what it looks like is a pink slip because secret empire was just a complete route. Yeah. When it came out, I mean, it just, I mean, it got a lot of negative blowback. I mean, you can blame a lot of people for that. You can blame Spencer for writing it, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's on Alonzo for letting it happen. Not only for letting it happen, not only for letting it happen, but continually doubling down on it. Mm -hmm. I will say this too, going, going even beyond that. There was an apathy Mm -hmm. with Axel Alonzo. I have witnessed it myself. I witnessed it even as far back as 2011 when mm-hmm. they were, when I was at San Diego Comic Con, uh, when I sent my my reporters for Spidey Dude over in, I think it was 2014, uh, the New York Comic Con, um, there was an outright apathy for meeting with the fans, mm-hmm. and even Joe, Joe, he had a joy, he had a jovial nature, he has a mm-hmm. he has an engaging personality that Axel Alonso never had. Mm-hmm. He was never the guy that was sitting there carrying the torch and and leading the Mary Marvel Marching Society. He was there to collect. I, I'm not gonna say to collect a paycheck, but he was so apathetic towards the fan base and combative. Mm-hmm. He was editor of the Spider-Man titles, carried over to his time as editor in chief. He was also combat. He was combative even during his time in the X-Men titles. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of the the fundamental problems can be traced to Axel Alonso when you're talking about Spider-Man. You're talking about X-Men. Mm-hmm. And then even the Ultimate Universe, the ultimatum stuff, allowing Jeff Loeb to, to write that abortion of a story mm-hmm. to try to inject something new ended up really being the first death nail of that particular universe. You took something that was making you money, that was that was that had momentum, and then you completely pissed on it. So in that sense, and I he did that with Captain. Well, yeah. in that, <laughs> and let's not forget the constant relaunches of like the, the constant oh, re- yeah. number one yeah, stuff. There, there I mean, were so many the, things. Yeah, the the, the yeah. fact that you needed a flow chart to understand how the volume. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, or get like a whole catalog to, to explain that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're sitting and think about this. You're a retailer, and mm-hmm. you have a new reader that comes in, and you're like, okay, well, I want to pick up um, Ms. Marvel number one, and then you have to. Literally, these next two, this next phrase has to come out of your mouth. Which one? Which yeah. one? Because there's five. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's the same yep. thing with Amazing Spider-Man. It's the same. It was. It mm-hmm. was taking. It was like almost as if Axel Alonso was from the marketing department of the 1990s mm-hmm. era Marvel. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It was that bad, and that mm-hmm. is where. I'm sorry, Axel Alonso's legacy is taking everything that, look, as bad as Joe was, as bad as Joe was, Marvel from the brink overall and put them in the 21st century. No, 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 stop. And I'm talking, well, no, no, that's a a false statement. 
Hear me out. When Joe Casada took over as editor in chief, was Marvel not coming out of bankruptcy? Was Marvel not coming out of the the, the mess? No, that he was. He wasn't. What, what got Marvel out of their slump was the trade paperback program, and that was instituted by Jameis before Quesada even mm-hmm. took over. Okay. So don't don't even go there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I not mean, letting that lie continue. Sorry. Well, well I think I what mean, Zach is saying, saying compare, Joe, Joe and Jameis were, were side by side. Yeah. 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 Joe and Jameis were side by side. When I think of Joe's era, I'm thinking of Jameis's era as well. It's not. I don't view those as mm-hmm. mutually exclusive things. No. It, no. I'm viewing. Yeah. So right. that's that's what I mean by that. That yes, the trade paperback market through Jameis absolutely saved the industry and save Marvel and put Marvel on a path that fortunately or unfortunately, and we'll get to that in our next topic, is ultimately certain writers' legacies. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, all things being said, basically Alonzo tried to keep the momentum going. Whether you like the momentum or not, he tried to keep the momentum going, and he couldn't even do that right. He's so mad he is leaving. JR's done. JR's done. He dropped the mic. JR is sick of your shit. Uh, so, <laughs> Mike, is it a good thing that uh, we have a new editor? Um, yeah, I think we have to. I think um, it's always sometimes it's kind of good to get some kind of fresh uh, new blood sometimes a little bit in the thing. I mean, we've been asking about that for our writer on this. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, because I mean, I think what also I think. Uh, I do find it interesting that this that the news of Alonzo kind of leaving Marvel altogether kind of also kind of happens right after Bendis made his announcement that he's quitting too and going over to DC. Um, nice was, segueing. Uh, that itself was kind of like, well, that was more of a shock to the system than anything else. This yeah. was more with Alonzo being go is like, yeah, it's almost like. The writing was – if you look back, the writing was on the wall that this there were some problems going on, well, unless it, we, some of it was it, mentioned. It, yeah. it should have – yes, people could see that and think in any other job the writing would be on the wall. But with Marvel, Marvel has a habit of doubling down on that crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it, did. Yeah, they have. And, but, right. But what, what makes the Sabolsky pick even more interesting is that they went with kind of a, of a of an unknown quantity as far as – making statements in public and, and things like that. They went with somebody who retailers like, mm-hmm. and they went right. with somebody who fans have liked and who fans right. enjoy uh, and, and who doesn't engage the fans like it's like it's a blood sport. Yeah, because <laughs> I Twitter. mean, and I was and I was looking some to, at Sobolski, some of the stuff that he's done. Like, I mean, the most thing that sticks out to my mind was like the Marvel fairy tale stuff. But it's not like any kind of really big, it, like, you yeah. know, where you think about like, Quisada, for example, he came out of like the Marvel Knights line. And with Alonzo, I think, as Zach was mentioning, some of the stuff that he did. So Sobolski is kind of almost like at this point, he's there's an unknown qual- quality about there him is. in terms and, of like, yeah. And he came he came in uh, under Quisada, under Quisada and Famous. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he wasn't like right. uh, like another Quisada yes man, uh, like, uh, like Alonzo mm-hmm. was. And, and he wasn't right. somebody who a lot of fans just don't like, like Brevert, because of the way right. Brevert comports himself right. online. So well, they they went with an interesting choice. It, yeah, they went with a choice yeah. that makes you think that they're actually taking notice mm-hmm. and going to try to change things around for the better. Well, it's interesting I'll because be honest, pick, I was yeah. I, I was expecting Reboard to be the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, does, does anybody else not think that as well? Brevard has said before that he didn't want it. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, like years and years ago, he has that's, he has said also, before somebody had asked him that. That's also a not changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a safe it's a safe move because I think Brevard knows where Brevard is, is that it makes him less capable of getting fired. 
Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? I think Burma, you know, where Burma, he's at is like, I'm on a safe spot. I mean, right. Where I'm not in any danger. You see what I mean? Brevard's more like a kind of like a perpetual, uh, you know, you know, you know, like what they call chief of staff, essentially. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, we, uh, is, the, is the, chat, only... the chat and also the rest of us would like to know JR's opinion, we ha- who we haven't heard <laughs> from. JR, what's your thoughts about uh, this new shakeup at Marvel? Well, anytime something like this happens, I just am skeptical that any change will come about. I mean, you know, one, Ike Perlmuter is uh, still in charge of Marvel. And uh, Perlmuter's Mm -hmm. uh, uh, cheap business practices and other things have have haunted Marvel for years. And and I don't know. I mean, you guys are a lot more, um, I think, up on the internal politics and going on at Marvel than I am. But I... to me, does does Alonso seem the fall guy for something else? I mean, to me, I don't. I did, I never saw it as just an Alonso problem at Marvel. I saw it as a culture problem. At it, it's a it's, yeah. There is a cult. Yeah, there there, there and, is a culture problem. But but Dan Buckley probably should go along with Alonso. I was about mm-hmm. to say there needs yeah. to be a lot more than Alonzo. And probably Alan Fine. Alan Fine and Buckley right. both probably need to be shown the door as well. But and Alonzo is like the pub is, is as editor in chief. He's the easiest guy that you can basically just kind of you know pin well, all the blame. And, Blames on and get rid of essentially. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah but he's so the one that made the decisions. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, sure. Yeah, but if you know, but if if, yeah. if only one person changes, I mean, regardless of yeah. it, does 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 the overall culture really change? I mean, I, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this True. this. Well, we we've, we've seen this in the past when when Shooter was shown the door, the culture changed. Mm-hmm. It did. It did. Marvel well, was a lot smaller too. Well, and, and the thing with Shooter, though, everybody hated Shooter. I mean, it was like, not, you know, not the readers, not the fans, not the readers. <laughs> well, exactly fans, but I mean, everybody at Marvel hated Shooter. And I don't get the idea that, you know, as far as Alonzo, that there was a whole lot of people out there disagreeing with what he did. I mean, no, I mean, no. everybody was still, I mean, the, 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 the business practices, the, the stupid ass stories. I mean, you know, like I said, who, whose idea really was Secret Empire? What that was that was that Alonzo's idea? I mean, I, it couldn't have been right. I mean. And 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 um, I guess I guess the blame comes down the boss who approved it, which was him, mm-hmm. I guess, and maybe yeah. someone above him. I'll, I'll, um, I'll be frank and honest. I don't think I don't think um, Buckley and Fine have a lot to do with the day to day. Buckley's the publisher. He's still listed as publisher. Buckley needs mm-hmm. to go. Buckley needs to That's go. That's true. Hmm. Buckley needs to go. Yeah, if there were a few more names that that were out the door. Uh, I'd be more optimistic that there was going to be change, and and like and like George has made George has made the comment before too that Marvel isn't a pimple on Disney's ass, or at least Marvel Publishing isn't. Mm-hmm. So does uh, does Disney really yeah. care what well, goes on? You know, hang on, I, I, along that same vein, Jr. Something else happened recently that made me start to rethink that maybe Disney's coming around on that, or Disney's looking at it differently. Well, they need to kick Perlmuter out if they care, but they, um, they one of, they won't. they do. They need. There's a lot of people that still need to go. Well. Um, but that's going to be very hard. But also this week, uh, Marvel pulled the license for Marvel Heroes, their their online yeah. their MMO, mm-hmm. from a company called Gazillion. Uh, Gazillion. Now Gazillion, Gazillion had made some stupid business decisions. They had 
uh, and, and deserve to lose their license. But it makes me think because Sobolski is a guy that does like brand, like branding and I think licensing over in Asia. And it makes uh-huh. me wonder if there's going to be a bigger branding initiative that's about to come down where mm-hmm. they reevaluate other licenses and try to assign new things out. This may be part of a bigger push. Well, they, mm-hmm. they talked about how Netflix isn't really going to get many more new characters. They're saving them for the Disney streaming Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. that. I'm not watching that. Here's the thing. These are the same people that decided Iron Fist was a quality product. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless well, they I, show right. Jeff Loeb the door, I'm out. I'll watch The Punisher, but yeah. other than that, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Loeb may be the biggest detriment to Marvel television because he screwed up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. He screwed up with Iron Fist. He screwed up Inhumans. with um, Inhumans in badly. In mm-hmm. Badly. He screwed up. And they let with, the same guy that screwed up Iron Fist screw up Inhumans. Well, Inhumans, yeah. <laughs> they let him. He killed once and they let him kill again. <laughs> So, See, that, doesn't, that doesn't show me then that somebody, if there's somebody bigger that really cares what's yeah. going on, if this is if this is allowed to happen yeah. over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Who's yeah. But by separating the two divisions, that's the problem. If Marvel was, if Marvel wasn't so segmentized, is that even a word? Um, if there wasn't so somebody, segmented. segmented, thank you. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't so segmented, because you got Marvel TV, you've got Marvel Animation, you've got Marvel uh, Marvel Publishing. They're three different brand. They're three different arms of Marvel. Marvel Animation. Uh, I'll say this: ever since Steve Wacker has been there, it's slightly improved. But when uh, well, you want to talk about Rogue a guy was running, probably things? glad he's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever oh, yeah. since he, ever since he took over animation, <laughs> there has been a marked. There has been better storytelling, not better. Well marginally better storytelling in the animation side of things mm-hmm. than there was previously. Uh, but you, I yeah. mean, Jeff Loeb is the guy that took the earth's mightiest heroes and somehow some way figured out how to F that up. Mm-hmm. By, so by Zach, Zach his- also has a topic that is uh, playing off of this topic. Well, are, are uh, we done talking about this? This is huge. Yeah, I think we are. I think okay. we need to, I think we're going right. to segue into the next okay. one. Um, Brian, Michael Bendis left. Marvel. So this past yeah, month. So, Tell me a bit about this. So um, there was an announcement on Twitter from DC Comics that uh, yeah. Brian Bendis has has signed an exclusive contract with DC Comics. Yeah. Now it's not just DC Comics; it's DC Entertainment. So this means that he probably is going to get to have a few episodes of Arrow that he gets to write or whatever. Yeah. Um, likely, it's going to be a. <laughs> Yeah. I watch every good. I watch every DC TV show except for Arrow. I can't get into it. Mm. You can't get into it. See that that's what that's what brought me in. So I, I love the Flash. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. okay, go ahead. But anyway, this on uh, Bendis so on DC. It, it is truly the end of an era. Yeah, Bendis. With the exception um, of Stan Lee, I can't name a writer who has had a longer run on Spider Man than Brian Michael Bendis. Well, tech. Well, Who? Ultimate real Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, yes, come on. Yeah. Right. Ultimate, ultimate Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We got to differentiate. It, that. it depends yeah. on if you count Ultimate Spider-Man, and I don't. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't either. Okay, but who? Uh, is that what your point was, Mike? You don't count this one, or? Well, I mean, I will say this though about Bendis is I think he's out of out of in terms of comic books, he's definitely 
been the most influential in the modern area, good or bad as that is. Because a lot of stuff that we think of right now in terms of comics, like for instance, uh, just like you think of Ultimate Spider-Man. So you have Miles Morales. You then also think of Jessica Jones. You then he brought, I think in some ways he kind of brought Luke Cage back into sort of like into into sort of like the main stream. uh, And then Avengers too, also Avengers and everything. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things he brought that in terms of influence, in terms of what we think he kind of helped shape what Marvel is. Although we, Give or t- granted, as a writer, I think he's kind of there was some give or take. Got- if you count Ultimate or not, he's been writing a Spider-Man character for yeah. seventeen mm-hmm. years. Seventeen years. Seventeen yeah. years. So, so That's a huge uh, run. Yeah. I, I mean, thank thanks for thanks for stealing ninety percent of my points yeah. there, McNulty. Uh, just kidding. You're know, with no um, problem. <laughs> he just pulled a JR in Spider Fight Club. <laughs> uh, here's the thing: uh, there was there was certainly a house style of art when John Romina Jr. was art director. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a, certainly a a house style of writer when Bendis was writing the title. Yeah. They tried to yeah. make people like Paul Jenkins write for the trades. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. in his case, it def- it definitely didn't work. Is you need to read it mm-hmm. five, six, four or five issues at a time. I, I, I doubt that's going to change. Um, well, the, this also gave him the ability to be, as they're not using the Marvel method. DC is using the Marvel method, but <laughs> Marvel's not. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. think it's funny. Right. Uh, because they're not yeah. using the Marvel method, um, Basically, Brian Michael Bendis tried to do the Marvel method in being prolific with his writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had four or five books at a time. Yeah, they can barely get out his one book now, one singular book out twice a month mm-hmm. without without Christos Gage being you know drug out of the closet where he's been kidnapped <laughs> to force, um, and forced to script well, a book. So, so but here's I, the I, thing. I, go ahead. Yep. Here's the thing. Well, um, oh, what was going? Brian Michael Bendis successfully did something that no other Spider-Man writer has, and they've tried to do this several times, has ever done in the history of Spider-Man. And that is create a replacement Spider-Man that has withstood, like it or not, Miles Morales struck a nerve. Mm-hmm. Look, when I, you can go back and listen to those episodes. I was not looking forward to Miles Morales in 2011. I thought it was going to be a cheap Zach, stunt. Peter, I, Peter I David 2099 has been around longer. He's a replacement well, Spider-Man. I, I agree with that. Ben Riley's been, okay, well, been around longer. Yes. yes Miles Brad, Morales was a replacement for a they didn't, Spider-Man. They didn't, not, not, not the 616 Spider-Man, so mm-hmm. it's not really the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, here's he, the He's thing. like a clone for the fake Spider-Man. <laughs> oh. Okay. Here's the which thing. If I don't, which, which if whether I you like correctly, it, whether, the clone was actually a, a gal. Yes, oh, yeah, it the, was. Continuing know. on. So here's the thing. Despite what George, you know, George and everybody else squawking, successfully replaced a Spider-Man, was able to carry a title for an extended period of time, longer than 2099. At this point. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Miles Morales is more successful, and I like Mig, Mickey. I do. I do like Miguel. But there was a good, tw- like what, 15 years where we didn't see anything with my with 2099. Mm-hmm. Spider Girl lasted, lasted longer. Very good. Bendis, here's your cookie. Have fun at DC. 
Well, <laughs> Here's I, a cookie. Well, Yay for is, legacy character. Good job. Okay. No, look, I, I, so. I agree with the fact that Mayday did last longer. Yes, yeah. with one singular writer. But but quite frankly, in terms of and, – and this is this is all Marvel's fault. In terms of mainstream exposure – Yes, that yeah. Got more mainstream exposure. Mainstream exposure, I do agree on. Yes, Mm -hmm. I do agree on that aspect. There and and quite frankly, he uh, Michael Bendis wrote this scene with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and and, uh, that helped launch the cinematic universe. Universe, yeah. I think that was Mark Mark Miller. Let's let's not let's not let's not use that and say if it weren't for Bendis. We wouldn't. I mean, because I'm just anybody saying, was going to write that scene. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. come on. Well, that's true. But but my point that's is, like is trying to give credit any- to Quesada for saving Marvel earlier. Uh, <laughs> uh, so here, here's the question to the panel: uh, Who who is going to miss Bendis at Marvel? I I am. I like some. I like. I would say I liked a majority of his stories. It's I, definitely going to be strange not having him there. Yeah. But I do think there was a while. I think he there was a point where I think he was kind of. Maybe he, I, I what, what, what he was doing there is kind of right then. Yeah, he was kind of getting burned out. I agree. He, 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 frankly, he didn't really have another book to jump to with the exception mm-hmm. of Fantastic Four. I thought yeah. he was doing X-Men stuff. Did he screw that up and stop that? Yeah, he, he kind of – he, he left off. X-Men about three or four years ago. He oh, then he didn't want to move to try yeah, to – That's how little I don't care. <laughs> yeah. However, like, his, like, like, I think, his Defenders book is really good. Really good. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. there is it's a certain be- niche that that Bendis can he can write those street level characters fine. Mm-hmm. You put Bendis on an Avengers book, and look, I was that guy. I'm yeah. sorry, I was. I, I I admit that I have a giant mm-hmm. stack of Bendis Avengers comics because he brought Spider Man into the Avengers, and at the time I was like, oh yay, Spider Man in the Avengers, and then I'm like, what the mm-hmm. is this? Because quite frankly, he wrote Spider-Man as a 15-year-old kid. I was an Avengers. In the Avengers. You made me stop reading them entirely and stop giving a damn about that in any capacity. Yeah. With with this assembly. Um, and, so. and yeah, I mean, honestly, um, I think I've read one book where Bendis didn't write the Avengers. And it was just – and then I've gone back since and read all the Avengers since. Mike, you, Marvel, had, Mike, but, you had a point. You, you were kind of stepped on. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, my point was, I think with uh, Bendis, I think it's it's the thing is with him. I think I was just saying it's it's kind of going to be. There's definitely going to be kind of a vacuum there, and also I think one of the reasons, maybe primarily, it's clear. I think one of the reasons why he goes went to ZZ is because he. I think he wanted to move on to kind of more like the film and television aspect that he yeah. didn't feel like he didn't get a chance at Marvel had. When when they so, split, he, he went, when they split yeah. the two. It, it completely killed his chances the, of being the advisory out. board yeah. of the film. Right. Yeah. yeah, he 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 wants to be what Jeff Johns. He wanted to be what Jeff Johns was to DC let um, over at Marvel, let him and I don't think he got that. And he's Whatever. now going to try to do that. I think he wants to try to get on the in on that action over there at DC now. Yeah. So, so I think that's more power to him because I don't because I don't care about that universe. So. <laughs> I'm not even sure Jr. has read much Bendis, with the exception of a couple Ultimate issues. Yeah. Have you, Jr.? No, I mean, other than Ultimate Spider-Man, I've I've not read any Bendis. Um, yeah. 
or his no no i read avengers for a while but and i actually mm-hmm. liked uh, where they where i thought they were going with avengers and kind of mm-hmm. make it a little bit more street level instead of going off and fighting goofy blue aliens but then they decided to, you know to go all in on that civil war bullshit and mm-hmm. uh that just you know right. I, I lost interest in the avengers uh at that point in time but uh yeah i'm not gonna miss bendis i mean i mean i I, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, if he was there 17 years in, in creative circles, that's a lifetime. That's almost too long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're, they're beyond, even beyond what I may or may not think of his writing or whatever, that it was time to move on probably from, from any standpoint and, and, get some new, and get some new blood in at Marvel. I mean, I, I'm really surprised he lasted that long. And, uh, so, and George, well, like your, your, your turnoff was, his Avengers run and you didn't care for ultimate when it first started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I never liked ultimate. I remember trying to give ultimate a chance. You read his guardians. I think, didn't you? His guardians was garbage. It was, it was really bad. It was unreadable. You and I both stopped reading it. Remember? No, I, 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 we were, we were doing it on, we were doing it on satellites. I did. Well, I stopped, I stopped reviewing it. It was so bad. Yeah. But, um, I think that was the weakest book. It was horrible. Um, Mm. But yeah, I mean his yeah his Avengers thing. He he's very uh, he's very deconstructionist in his storytelling. You know, uh, remember when we, we we heard that term Ditko used for uh, Quesada about breaking the toys? Uh, no one demonstrated that more than Bendis. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm I'm glad he's gone. Uh, mm-hmm. He should have been gone a long time ago. Uh, I I actually liked him before he started working for Marvel. I liked his work before he started working for Marvel. But I mean, I, I remember reading like the first five issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, and he hadn't even put on the suit yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was finally, I was like, "This is he did it the next issue." I was like, "This whole thing's a waste of time." So half a year it took him to put on this. Okay, I, I rest my case. But I, I back then I was like, "This is a, this is a waste of time. It's a waste of resources. This is great artwork. Why aren't we using this in one of the main books?" This is at the time it was because Jameis wanted Ultimate to serve. Right. Not a lot of people remember this. Jr. remembers it. Mm-hmm. And, but Jameis was very vocal about this. Jameis hated continuity. Mm-hmm. He hated it with a purple passion, and he wanted the Marvel Six One Six continuity to die. And he did the he did the best he could to try to get people to to look at Ultimate as a as as an escape from from mm-hmm. continuity. Which is funny because then it got buried under its own continuity. Its own continuity, yeah. yeah. And yeah, but, but, uh, I remember they were definitely. I thought they were definitely investing more invest uh, investing more assets in Ultimate. I mean, with with yes. the, the, it just it just seemed that they were mm-hmm. trying to strangle. Uh, amazing, they were. Uh, they were, and 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 everything was was getting more attention. The thing is, is that Ultimate Spider Man was the only one that like was successful from a standpoint uh, from a fan standpoint. Ultimate X Men mm-hmm. started to peter off pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ultimate FF went nowhere. It's, mm-hmm. it's Spider-Man can survive multiple different brands as 2099 yeah. Spider-Man was the best. I remember when Ultimate mm-hmm. Team-Up started with Bendis writing it. Oh, yeah. I remember that book. Mm-hmm. When Ultimate oh, Team-Up yeah. started and when it was announced, it was announced Ultimate Team-Up. It's, it's an ongoing. And then when it got canceled, canceled, uh, Marvel said, oh, this was always meant to be because it wasn't selling shit. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and you can have a Bendis book, not sell shit and then cancel it. That can't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the, <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty. This bad. was always meant yeah. to be like thirteen issues or whatever, which was completely right. total bullshit. So I mm-hmm. am a Bendis apologist. I enjoyed most of his run. You like a lot of things that suck, though. 
Well, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I like you, George. No, I'm just kidding. I'm giving you credit. No, I, I liked the majority of Ultimate Spider-Man. You liked uh, it or you uh, liked the covers? No, I liked them. <laughs> I, I thought Bendis That's lost the cover after, after Bagley uh, left, obviously. Mm-hmm. And But I think he got Bagley his. made Bendis. Yeah. But I Bagley, think, Bagley was Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. He really was. Mm-hmm. I think Bendis yeah. uh, kicked it up a notch when he uh, introduced Miles. I thought the book got dramatically better. <sighs> uh, I liked Bendis's most of Bendis's Avengers run. Yes, I did not like Guardians at all. Uh, his recent work, like I said, Defenders, I liked a lot. I also liked Infamous Iron Man. I like mm-hmm. an ongoing Doctor Doom book, and that was mm-hmm. that was neat. I like that book, mm-hmm. and especially with Ben Grimm in there. Like, I don't believe you're good, Doc. I just that nobody was reading that book except me, I think. But I liked Infamous mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Iron Man. Uh, what else did Bendis write that but, I liked? Invincible, Invincible Iron Man was kind of mm, all right. yeah, yeah, because he can't yeah. write Mary Jane. He can't write it's Mary Jane. Totally- it started off okay, but now it's just kind of like now it's kind of like yeah, it, it, really it, it, can we uh, move wait, on from this, please? Yeah. <laughs> quite, quite frankly, uh, Spider Man Two was just garbage. Anything he's done that's a sequel, terrible. Civil yeah. War Two was borderline bullshit. Oh yeah, that was. It, yeah. Was, it was. I keep asinine. forgetting that even happened. Jessica Jones was good. Well, if, well, no. With, with the Vance, Bendis couldn't. Was that was his Achilles' heel? Because you had yeah. not just Civil War two. You also had um, Civil. You had a what was it called? House of M. Yeah. Secret Oof. Invasion uh, was another one of his. Um, Battle for the Atom was an X Men thing, which was just yeah. like. But and yeah, it, so event, when it came to Vance, it was just Age just, of Ultron. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh yeah. anyway, I, like I said in the beginning, I liked more Bendis than I hated. So mm-hmm. I do agree he reached a point with what other book besides Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four can he jump to that he hasn't done? I don't mm-hmm. care. It doesn't matter. I, Just let literally, him. literally, he he literally he touched single segment of the Marvel Universe outside of FF. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in terms of popular, I mean, look, basically, if you put Bendis's name on it, the, the sales of that title were going to go up. But at a certain point, I think people started seeing that Bendis was getting fatigued himself yeah. and he was wanting to pursue other interests. At that mm-hmm. point, I understand he needed they also they also swayed him over a little bit. I imagine he got a nice little pay raise. They're trying yeah. to do it to mm-hmm. Hickman as well, from what I hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. Let's move on a little bit. Uh, Mike, you've got this next one. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't review this in the uh, the comic review. We're just going right. to save this for the news show. But okay. uh, in the last two issues of Spec Spidey, mm-hmm. Jonah, Jonah learn or Peter unmasks in front of Jonah. Tell me about this. This is crazy. Oh yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. Um, in terms of like the actual comic itself, I mean, this is to me. I thought this was kind of a minor miracle that. So, uh, that uh, Chip Zdarsky writes what arguably one of the single worst issues of Amazing of Spider-Man, a uh, Spider-Man comic with Spectacular Spider-Man Two, to one of the best um, with uh, number six. You think and issue t- what, what was so bad about issue two of Spec? I forget. Well, that those one first was two issues were awful. Yeah, the one with the with the with him on on back of Reed Williams back going wee and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, 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 they yeah, really yeah, were yeah. just truly dreadful. Yeah. 
some of the worst Spider-Man. This one was number with number six, though. I think it was just it got to me down to more like character kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot like, you know, you really kind of explored it. And I like the idea of like how it got into sort of um, Jonah, like it, it kind of build up an interesting thing with Jonah, why he, you know, had a, had a animosity towards Spider-Man because it goes back to Amazing Fantasy 15, essentially, with this entertainer aspect. And so, but then yeah. as for the actual reveal itself, I'm not really even sure how I kind of feel about that, though. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Jonah. I mean, you know, was it really a good idea necessarily to reveal it to Jonah at all? I'm not sure. I mean, it's an interesting direction of where he's going with it, where, where it, but this it, could potentially go. But at the same time, yeah. you still got stuff like Aunt May doesn't know, which you're thinking, yeah. which, again, it's like, but... It's yeah, it's a it's an interesting way of kind of exploring the thing, like the repercussions of it. Although it kind of reminds me a little bit, if especially with seven, number seven, where you have Daredevil and um, and uh, this Ben Urich essentially now. Although it's a little bit more cantankerous there, but it's kind of, but it's an inch. I think it's an interesting direction. I'm not sure if necessarily if it's a great necessarily great in the long term. I really don't. I honestly don't know. Which is kind of. It it almost makes me think, you know, when we hit slots eight hundred, we're gonna mind wipe again. It mm-hmm. it almost like we're in order to save this universe, we gotta mind yeah. wipe everybody that knows mm-hmm. Peter Parker was a CEO. This is this is why this is why I think yeah. we're, we're getting ready for a reboot. I yeah, I think we're we're getting ready for a mm-hmm. mind wipe or something because one, it's a problem that Peter everybody knows Peter Parker's a CEO. Two, yeah. it's a problem mm-hmm. that Jonah knows his identity. That just yeah, yeah. I, I well, don't. It was kind yeah, of. And I it's mean, been yeah, done, it's yeah, been done before. Done. As as suggested I, by Zach <laughs> ten what years I, ago. Yeah, but what I'm kind of hoping that is that they don't that they at least kind of, you know, explore this idea a lot more than they actually did back when they did with the oh know, when they did with the unmasking. Yeah, because I mean. Because uh, well, the thing would happen with, for example, with Aunt May, Aunt May knowing, I think that was probably the best step that her character did. And so when they just took that away, yeah, that right. was just like there's, there's, you know, to, that was, to me, oh, I'm kind of hoping with this, there's some there's some kind of reper- lasting repercussions rather than just that, oh, let's just quick race it. You know, what, what felt it wrong it. for me was when the SWAT team is going in after Peter, and Jonah pulls up in a car and says, "Hey, yeah. kid, get in." Yeah, Jonah doesn't mm-hmm. rescue Spider-Man. That that just well, feels so uh, wrong. Well, yeah, I see. Yeah. I, I, that didn't bother me. It didn't. No, didn't bother me. Jo- Jonah should be. No, here's the thing. Jonah, uh, let me let me let me counterpoint that. Jonah is going to do whatever it takes to help his friends. The fact mm-hmm. is, is no. Parker, no, 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 no. He he paid for Peter Parker's trial. I was, I was about to point that out mm-hmm. too, Brad. That's Jonah. That, yeah. Jonah's hatred of Spider-Man well, blinds him. Mm. Yeah, but no, but that, but yeah, that's but what that, okay, kind but of explored, you, though. But if you drop right, the element, you, you, this is the, that Spider-Man is actually somebody that he considers, uh, in a lot of ways, to be a son he never had, or not a son he never had, mm-hmm. but another son. Um, yeah, it it changes things. Uh, and the perspective yeah. that Jonah had before, he was a nameless, faceless coward. Soon mm-hmm. as Peter sits there and tells him to his face, "I'm Spider-Man," that completely alters Wait. 
everything that, <clears throat> that Jonah thought about Spider-Man. Because mm-hmm. yes, Spider-Man right. is no longer that maskless guy. He, the, mm-hmm. There is a man behind that mask. It's not something to blindly hate anymore. It is mm-hmm. completely different now. So well, I, always that, thought that, I always thought that was why Jonah could never make the connection before. Because to me, Jonah just seemed to be too smart of a newsman never to have made that connection. And so mm-hmm. it was always, it, to me, it always seemed that Jonah should know, but he he couldn't let Spider-Man be somebody he actually cared about. He couldn't right. let mm-hmm. Spider-Man be a true human being so that any time mm-hmm. his mind went in that direction of, you know, because he, there, there right. was a story once where Jonah was trying to figure out what motivated Spider-Man. And he kept drifting back to something that happened around the Ben Park, Ben Parker's murder is like, mm-hmm. you know, put the pe- but you know, I think yeah. he just, just like flash never put the pieces together because mm-hmm. Spider-Man was a big brother, type you know father figure big brother figure you know mm-hmm. that peter parker never was so right. uh, so peter's revelation here i think just forced jonah to finally stop lying and denying mm-hmm. that you know so, the truth he's always yeah. known here's the mm-hmm. question jr is it good that jonah knows boy the way it was handled just i i wasn't yeah. expecting that it just did it, it didn't seem organic i i don't know why in fact i, I I, I don't see another- Peter just pulling off the mask. He doesn't do that. Well, even in the issue, Peter's like even saying, why did I even do that? Because he, he, he kind of thinking like even afterwards, he's like thinking, was that even a good idea that I just did that? No, but it I seems just, like it you know, really happened a-, a long time ago. It did, hmm. You know, if Peter was ever going to yeah. reveal his identity to Jonah, it just seemed like it would have happened a long time ago. And that's why I tend to think that something, you know, something's up. There's going to be, you know, Jonah's going to forget or, you know, he's he's going to hit his head on the windshield or. I just don't see this as being permanent. You, you feel like the rug's uh, getting pulled out of you pretty soon. Again, what has before? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> There's two points in the slot run that it easily should have been done. The first point was when Marla died. Mm-hmm. That should have. That should have. If, if you're going to do that, if you're going to if you're going to pull that card, mm-hmm. to me, the dramatically speaking, thematically speaking, it would have been there. Mm-hmm. The second time was during Clone Conspiracy. To me, that would have had a far more impact on um, Jonah and and Peter's relationship. In that, getting that Jonah is is mourning, mask mm-hmm. would have would have probably done something. To, well, it's interesting. Well, the thing is, Zach, when you bring that up, that's what kind of that Peter part. That's what Spectacular Six kind of actually kind of explores. It actually explores that Jonah's like. That's part of the things where he's actually bringing up the idea of like the stuff from Marla and also Maddie Franklin Col- and everything like this. Colish, and also the fact he lost I'll, his job. Felice Warlord in yeah. the uh, chat says Peter is telling a personal friend in a time of need. I don't think mm-hmm. Peter thinks Jonah's a personal friend. I really don't. Oh, absolutely, he does. No. I, I, absolutely, he does. No. He has a love, he, he has a love hate relationship with not Jonah, a, but yeah, not a confidant. Yeah. But- yeah, I, I would think that that Peter, he, if he's not a confidant, he doesn't confide his identity. Well, would would he go out of his way to Jonah? Ask yourself that. Yeah, he Get would. Though, Jonah's like family now because he's yeah. now kind of yeah because you know because he because well, he's didn't yeah. marry his dad. So there is that now. And, and Peter is fiercely loyal to family for mm-hmm. all his faults. 
Peter is fiercely loyal to it his family. It just doesn't feel like, natural to me to Peter to mm. remove the mask to Jonah. It just doesn't feel mm. right. It didn't seem oh, like yeah, and I get and I get and I get it too. So what, I, mean, I, no, I, I understand no, that. No, I just said it didn't feel like it was organic. It didn't feel like anything was was leading up to this. Um mm. it feels like a fill in issue too, because we've had it did. Adam Hubert it did. art and and uh, well, this you know what's, like what's, what's even funnier, Brad, is that this kind of thing normally is is this kind of thing, this, this big of a moment, normally gets leaked out to like CNN, USA Today, oh, yeah, yeah. ABC, Quesada goes on mm-hmm. Today, or 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 goes on to talk to uh, Robin mm-hmm. on uh, on GMA yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know. And and this got no other than bleeding cool talking about it before it happened. This got yeah. like mm-hmm. no fanfare. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a it was a genuine I, surprise. I'm just yeah. I, I'm just shocked it happened in a satellite title. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, me too. And not ASM. Where a lot of mm-hmm. people aren't even reading it after those first disastrous couple of years. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. they had to do something. They had to do something to get that sales back on that book because, yeah. quite frankly, um, Spectacular has been absolutely dreadful. And it was mm-hmm. literally these two issues that have really turned the book around. Yeah. No longer feeling like an agenda. It's no longer feeling like it's a rehash. Yes, okay, I was making the joke about this book. Okay, I was. Mm-hmm. I was making the joke about issue twenty three, a friendly, of, a friendly neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Tell, Which tell, the tell the story was, real quick. Peter David was on the podcast. All right, for those that are, are new listeners, back on episode eight of oh, the wow, Spider Man Crawl Space podcast from two thousand seven. Uh, from two thousand seven, it was our yeah. first. Year, it was our second year. It was our first full year online. Uh, it was our first interview we had done. Uh, that was when that was not too long after JR or Captain America joined the show. <laughs> as he, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I was I was hoping he would like brandish a shield or something, but uh, yeah, because he happens <laughs> to have one just right there next to him. He has props on command. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, I asked because Straginski had put forth during Civil War that that Jonah was going to have a lawsuit that was filing a lawsuit mm-hmm. against Peter. After mm-hmm. the unmasking, and I so I asked, I said, so is there going to be any like repercussions from that that are going to happen in Friendly Neighborhood or even ASM? And his his response at the time was, uh, "I am assuming Joe is going to do it." <laughs> so uh, this uh, Joe was going to handle that subplot because he introduced it. <clears throat> he then approached, um, I think it was Steve Wacker. Steve Wacker wasn't. It, it was right before Steve Wacker was editor of Amazing. He was editor on Friendly Neighborhood, and he said, "Well, I would like to do an issue that um, can, that Joe and 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 uh, that Joe Jonah and and Peter confront each other." Um. Yep, Stephen Wacker was the editor, mm-hmm. and Brennan. I just double checked. Um. So they do the issue, and. No big deal. I, I thought it was really insanely cool. They basically started setting it up with the last two issues of Friendly Neighborhood where Robbie gets fired and manipulates Robbie, fires Robbie to manipulate Peter to come, you know, coming and confronting. Great story. They have they meet in a boxing ring and Jonah just beats the living crap out of Peter. That's and the a reaction lot of, I would expect. But a lot of that goes back to the previous point that, that JR and I were making in that he was basically saying before before you unmasked, you were just this nameless, faceless coward. And now I have to. I know, you know. He, he literally asked in that issue, "Was it easier when you didn't know who I was?" And he said, "You're damn right, it was." 
So mm-hmm. that is a lot of the motivation of Jonah. I, I take away from that issue in terms of how he mm-hmm. approaches Peter or mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Um, so, yeah. So I literally asked the question. I wasn't expecting any sort of acknowledgement, but in his uh, column. Um, but I digress. Yeah. But I digress. He did book, acknowledge. Comic book. Uh, comic book. But comic buyer's guide. Yep. Yeah. The newspaper. I can get it out eventually. <laughs> uh, he, he acknowledged me uh, as, as somebody that came, came up with this, with the story credit. Yeah. And then of course, uh, years later when Brad interviewed him for the uh, Thanksgiving episode, I don't remember the actual number of that one. Uh, he did say, thank you for, you know, asking the question. And, and, and yeah. when I interviewed him earlier this year for clone, uh, for uh, Ben Riley, uh, Peter, Ben Riley, Scarlet spider number one, um, that Josh and I did on Clone Saga Chronicles, we we talked a little bit about that as well. So it's, you know, it's really it's, it's a fun story. It's funny that what the sixth or seventh issue of Spec really made the book a lot better, and the sixth or seventh issue of Scarlet Spider really made it better. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, it was like if, once if, they got if past people the are, oh. if people are still around, the mm-hmm. book but the book gets a lot better. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, when when Bagley leaves is when the book got better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to having having bad scripts being drawn well, by great well, artists. Sliney's still yeah. a good artist. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Sliney is a good artist, and I like okay. Sliney. He was he was a he was a very good reporter. Any other thoughts on Jonah leaving? Also, Mike, you got you got that Jonah leaving, Jonah learning, and Mike has to leave. I'm getting yeah. Jonah, did um, Jonah sign exclusive with DC too. Yeah, um, well, yeah maybe, maybe. Um, also, Brad, before are you I drinking? go, we can uh, just be, be, uh, my clone can talk about um, a certain new movie that is coming up in the new in the supposed spider-man cinematic universe before mike leaves he gets a segue so mike you gotta go you gotta go man yes i do all right Um, yeah great talking to you guys and great talking to you everybody thanks for sticking around longer than you originally planned (laughs) all right sure no problem see you thanks again bye okay so zach he totally set that up for you uh he did he he all right, so um, the Sony Cinematic Universe refuses to die. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it has been announced that they are developing. Uh, I wish Kevin Cushing were here right now, and I'm channeling him right now. Um, so he's dead too, <laughs> just like Stella. <laughs> yes, I, I did. I, I did a seance. They'll be uh, back. No, Kevin's not comics. Uh, no, they uh, won't actually. Uh, <laughs> I'll never so say more. Never. No. Sony is doing a Morbius movie. Why? Uh, well, quite frankly, I think it's to, to capitalize on the sparkly vampire craze. Um, it's over. Long they got a boat on that, dude. I yeah, they totally I, did. I, I'm just, I was just, but here's, here's the thing. I think that Sony is, is still desperate to develop properties. Yeah. Uh, they're still in really not great financial shape. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming made a lot of money. But despite that, you know, what else does Sony have besides Spider-Man? And so That's they're going to have to milk that out. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't so, certainly Jumanji. I thought it was funny. They hired Burke, Sharpless, and Matt Sazama to write the scripts. And their most successful property your was... Hand if you teach... <laughs> the, uh, their most successful <laughs> movie so far was the Power Rangers movie. But they released was a not lot of... Successful. The well, I think it was globally. Gods of uh, Egypt, Dracula Untold, and The Last Witch Hunter were their other movies. You know, here's the thing: don't I? I don't expect a Morbius movie 
to be like something that's going to be a blade. Or I actually, I, you know what I mean? Like, like in terms of box office draw, if you're going to do a Morbius movie, you need to lean into it. You need to do it right. You need to do it R rated if you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Basically said it needs to be like Blade. Uh, but my, my point is, is, is like, don't expect it to be something that's going to make gangbusters at the box office because it's very, very much a niche. To me, if you're Plus going to vamp- build. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step. Towards, if you're going to build towards a, 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 a smaller cinematic universe of the Midnight Suns, that would be cool to see. They don't have those guys. Um, pro- problem is, is Ghost Rider. You can't do Ghost Rider because that's with Marvel. Um, um, but, you know, here, here's the thing. I think uh, we'll see if it gets past the development stage. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they've announced a ton of stuff before, as as George has, has uh, routinely pointed out. So we'll see. Well, yeah, they, they they need to see how much money Venom's even going to make before they start thinking about a, crap like this. There's a lot more demand yes. for a Venom movie than a Morbius <coughs> movie, and, the, and there's a lot yeah. more demand for a Venom movie, and even that's limited, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. With, I mean, with, I mean, amongst comics, it's different, but like mainstream. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I don't think the appeal is as big as they're thinking. The, the, also, the problem is, the, like I said, the vampire craze is over. Twilight's ended a lot. It's not as popular as it was ten. Well, years not ago. if you're a tween girl, you're still watching you know crap on the CW. The Vampire Diaries. I mean, that's that's been on for so no, long. It, I mean, it, the, it, the the, the vampire they, they they spun that off into like a second series. The vampires have moved to the zombies. It's ending too. It needs to be Morbius <laughs> the living zombie, not the Morbius the living. I, zombie. I don't know. Well, I, you know. Zombie energy's dying off now. I think it's time for yeah, werewolves. Yeah, that's true. To come back. Time for werewolves. I think it's werewolves' time to, to make a comeback. So, Jr., are you excited about a Morbius movie? Just as excited as I am about the Venom movie. Yeah. Which yeah, is not excited as I am about Silver and Black. Yeah. You know, Ugh. break your mother's back. <laughs> wow. Again, with the mom hate. Well, evidently, Bane is in this. <laughs> Born in the darkness. Oh, yeah. man. It's Silver and black real. break your mother's back. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts uh, on I uh, just, Morbius movie? To me, just 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 let it go. Sony, just Amy, I'm, I'm sorry, but it, just let it go. Uh, it just, it just y- y'all, y'all got to just start developing original scripts. You've got to start developing something else. They're incapable of that. They realize that. It's why they're trying to. Milk- there you go. Ne- Neil has a good point. Sinister <laughs> Syndicate, or, or no, Superior Foes would be a good movie. Make it a comedy. Oh, oh, that would be his. Well, I don't think that's what Neil was going for, but I think Superior Foes would be a fun oh, comedy. Oh, that would. Be Spider-Man uh, villains. Actually, do what Suicide Squad was advertised to be. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Suicide Squad was advertised to be far more comedic than it actually was. How far away are we from a Spider-Ham movie? I bet you they try to do a cartoon or something. (laughs) I can see see it in animation. Sony is desperate. There's nothing I don't think Sony would say no to if they, if they, from, from a spider book. At this point, this is the only cow they have to milk. And by God, they're going to squeeze those teats dry. (laughs) You know, that reminds me of the the, because the Disney's had the talks with Fox about uh, Fox about buying the entertainment assets, and I guess that's off the table now. But uh, why? Why? But yeah, why wasn't why wouldn't Sony try to? Why wouldn't Disney try to take out Sony? I mean, you know, Sony's is going to embarrass. Them with these uh, these Spider-Man knockoffs and stuff, it's like put them out of their misery. 
Let, let them buy. Honestly, them I, buy. I really think yeah. that, that uh, Columbia Pictures will be bought out by Disney in bankruptcy. I think they are literally just waiting for Sony to declare bankruptcy and buy it out. Fox doesn't. They don't have that luxury with Fox. They got to make a deal. But with Sony, I could absolutely see Disney coming in, swooping in, and buying Columbia Pictures out from bankruptcy. Yeah. It's back as a result. Is Sony that close? Is Columbia Pictures that close to bankruptcy, though? I mean, I, I don't follow that closely. I mean, are they really? Uh, I mean, the, yeah, the last few years, Sony's had a rough ride, I think. Uh, they haven't had a successful franchise outside of Spider Man, and even Spider Man's been middling in terms of success um, at all. I mean, they tried to bring back Men in Black, didn't do anything. <clears throat> They've, they're trying to bring back Jumanji for did you hear what they were going to do with the uh, Men in Black? They're going to cross it over with Twenty One Jump Street. Did you hear about that? <laughs> oh, Twenty One Jump Street is the only other uh, only other film that they've actually had a success with. If you needed another clue about the desperation there, yeah. And also, you know, if Disney if Disney bought uh, bought Sony, they would they would get Spider Man back, but they would also get um, P- PlayStation. They also, they also get Ghostbusters. Yeah, and well, PlayStation. Here, no, no, they don't get PlayStation. You're. you're PlayStation and Sony Pictures. Are oh, cool. you're you're talking. Uh, I thought you were talking about no, buying we're talking Sony about Columbia, wholesale. I'm talking about Columbia you're talking Pictures, about the films. which is Sony. Okay, I see. That's what we're talking about. No, no, no. Sony okay. Disney's not going to buy Sony. Disney doesn't want to buy. Start making platform game. They'll make. They'll license that no. shit out, but they're not. They don't want to be. Here's no. our Disney console. That's not. No, we're talking no. about just films. The D three sixty. But they, yeah, but they would also get Ghostbusters. Would they yeah, also get be, James Bond? No, no, no. Uh, James. Sony's deal with yeah. James Bond is different, but then Disney would no. have this deal. Although that deal may may go may no longer be in effect if, if Sony gets bought out. I, yeah. I, I, that I think that Sony. Well, and I, and I I forgot. I'm sorry. Thank you for bringing up James Bond. Yes, I did forget James Bond. That's a deal that they made. So it's not. They they they. they and, People are bidding to distribute Bond. I think the Broccoli's or somebody. Yeah. Bond. Um, for instance. Uh, Amazon has been rumored to publish Bond, or was a bidder for a distributor for Bond, uh, along with Warner Brothers and some other people. But anyway, uh, what were you talking about? It'd be interesting to see how the uh, AT&T Time Warner murder is going to occur. Yeah, That is something that uh, um, we'll see how that goes with DirecTV and stuff. Let's see. Uh, JR, let's go to you. Uh, the third ongoing writer of Amazing, was that Lynn Wein? Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, Lynn, Wein, it was. Lynn Wein passed away. Talk, talk a bit about that. Yeah, that was kind of uh, apparently, I, I'm assuming, because um, he had, uh, I'm assuming it was complications. He had heart problems, wasn't it? I think I mean, so. I mean, he said he had a, yes. he said that he got like a double or triple bypass a couple of years ago. Uh, but yeah, when I saw that and saw that he was only 69, that was kind of a... That's awful. Well, just realize, realizing how that's not that old anymore. Um, but when I was... Um, I mean, I, I just knew him as the, uh, the the third guy to take over Amazing Spider-Man. And I always saw him as a... Uh, I think it was... And I looked at... I believe Mr. Metz wrote an article about him. And, uh, when he died and I, Mr. Metz, I think said something that I've always thought about Ween's, uh, time on Spider-Man would, was that he was definitely a transition writer. Um, because when Spider-Man's, you know, Lee and Conway, 
it was almost like Spider-Man was like, just was always moving forward. Something was always happening. I mean, it was a progressing character. Uh, Whereas, you know, and whereas when Lynn took over, then it kind of began to settle into the corporate character type thing, you know, not meaning that, you know, it was bad by any means, but you just kind of saw an entirely different approach. Uh, where you know th- the status quo was returned, or or in things of that nature, um, but uh, but I mean he did he introduced he did introduce a number of significant characters, and of course I I mean you know he introduced the most fame important Spider-Man villain of all, right, George? Yeah, <laughs> uh, he did. He did. on. Yeah, but, I was I was waiting for that one. Yeah, but uh, but you know, without but without tangenting on on Stegron there, uh, but when I decided to look him up just for a little bit more background information, uh, I mean, I knew he had done some things. I mean, I knew he had co-created Wolverine. You know, I knew he had spent some time at DC, but I didn't realize just how pervasive his influence was in the comics industry and in comics history. Yeah. Of how much, you know, maybe not necessarily directly creating things but just you know i I didn't realize he was the editor of uh watchmen for his sake he also created uh swamp thing yeah yeah yeah. and um but uh he he was a very important i mean but it was he didn't seem like he got a whole lot of you know the guys like lee you know well i stands in a I guess shouldn't really shouldn't compare anybody to Stan. Yeah. Stan is off there by out there by himself. Um, but uh, you know, he, he didn't get a whole lot of when we didn't get a whole lot of fanfare uh, as, you know, one of the greats, I don't think, but some other milestones. Wasn't he the one that married uh, Betty and, and uh, yeah, yeah. 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 He married Betty and, and, and Ned and he yeah, uh, yeah. got the Harry and Liz relationship going. He got, uh, you know, he brought Harry back to the, the, the comics after uh, Conway sent him to the loony bin. Uh, and then he had the whole Bart Hamilton thing. I was going to say the most important Green Goblin of them all. Bart <laughs> <Hamilton>. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was a significant Green Goblin story. It was like a five parter, which I'm yeah. it was. trying to, you know, it was a it was a big deal, even though it it kind of. It, it had moments, or I suppose. You know, I, um, I, I think I wrote this up when I put it on the front page or whatever. But I, I looking back, I think Lynn Ween was the first writer of Amazing Spider-Man that I ever read, because I remember getting a three-pack of comics, and that one—I think it's ASM one seventy-nine when they're high above and they're punching at yeah. each other. I got that in a uh, back in the day in the seventies. Jr. and George, you probably remember this. You could buy; they put them in a plastic bag, and it said three comics for ninety nine cents. And uh, I got that as a gift or whatever. We were at the store, and inside of it was ASM one seventy nine, Hulk two twenty two, and Cap two twenty one. And that probably sealed the deal for me falling in love with Hulk and Spider Man, right there. So Ween was my first Spider-Man writer on Amazing Spider-Man I read. You know, I'm checking up something because he may have yeah. been mine. Oh, really? Um, I hang on. It's, it's kind of funny. My my no. the first time I ever got comics outside of my dad as a gift was from my grandmother, and one of them was the final chapter of the of the Bart Hamilton saga, 180, mm. and. So I, I, I still have that one. Um, my grandmother is still with us, but she's not 
she's not going to be with us for much longer, unfortunately, but, but that's going to be one of those things that I'll always, I, I may get rid of every other, there's, there's about, probably about a handful of comics that I'll, I'll keep as keepsakes. And that's going to be one of them. And so uh, I, I just hate to hear that he had heart problems. I hit close to home. My father just uh, had heart surgery last month to repair a uh, issue or involve uh, complications due to bypass surgery. So, to uh, see that, you know, is unfortunate, and I hate it for his family. I think it's sad, uh, along with the, him uh, and the loss to his family. I mean, I wanted to interview him. I mean, that that was one of where there aren't that many yeah. lo- uh, amazing writers in fifty plus years. I mean, who no. came? Who came after uh, Wayne? Was Mar- it Wolfman? Wolfman? Okay. Wolfman then Matlow, right? Denny O'Neill. Denny O'Neill. Oh, yeah. Denny O'Neill. Roger Stern. Tom oh. DeFalco. Go ahead, Jared. Do the whole thing. <laughs> That's all right. Whole... No, you yeah, can do it. Like you far can do it. That's all right. Uh, no, I was, make, I was a lining. make a lining. Uh, <laughs> DeFalco. Then, uh, DeFalco again. Yeah, DeFalco. Repl- well, no. It was DeMatteis, then DeFalco. Oh, yeah. Because DeMatteis was the writer of ASM during the first half of the Quantum and, and then So, so back to Lynn Wein. Then Mackie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, something I always remember about Lynn Wein, though, was not uh, yeah. anything he yeah. did necessarily, but something that was done with him. And I've, I think I've brought this up on the show before. Um, there was a, an episode of, and I don't know, not episode, a, an issue, and I don't know who was with Peter at the time. Maybe it was Mary Jane or whatever. And one of his curtains caught on fire, and he dropped it on this big stuffed bear. Because, as you remember, there one time, well, actually, quite ironically, Mary Jane mentions it in the, the one of these uh, seven, what seven eighty nine or whatever. They all helped decorate Peter's apartment because he, yeah, he, he got a big bear thing, and he had this big bear stuffed bear for a long time, along with the the, the wooden Indian and uh, Kirby hands, Kirby hands, and. Um, <laughs> I, Everybody give I, do read, I do read the comments. Yeah. But, uh, but so, you know, so he, he ruined the bear and he put it out in the trash. Yeah. And then this guy comes along, this guy with curly hair and a beard or whatever. And he's got a Superman belt buckle. And the guy says, golly, what a neat bear. You know, it's amazing what people throw away. And so this guy takes the stuffed bear with him. And then like a few issues later, Larry Page says, Hey, was that Lynn? And uh, then oh, the, the, it, it said, uh, "Yeah, it was. He's the one that uh, he's the he's the one that gave Peter the bear in the first place. So we we figured that it was only right that he be the one to take it back." Uh, oh, wow, so I, I remember that. Remember, I, I I don't remember what issue that was, but I think some longtime fans out there will remember that one. Yes, so, uh, let's. We did write that football issue that is, that is on my top ten stories as well. One fifty three, I think. One fifty three. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain why. It's like it's like one of those things that, um, you know, why do you like something? Why does something stick with you? You know, and because if I were to to do like a top ten Spider Man stories, I probably would still pull that one again. But you know, I I, I don't know. It's like I don't know. I just Subjective. remember it. I always remember mm-hmm. it. Uh, partly because it was the first one where Spider Man cussed. Uh, but but it, it was just the raw moment. You know, even even more so than. Um, 
you know, well, when, when Peter, uh, when, when Peter had Osborne down and was going to kill him after he killed Gwen and then stopped himself or whatever. But I mean, you saw that coming, you saw the emotional buildup and the anxiety. Uh, and then when, uh, at the, at the end, when, when these goons had slaughtered this scientist, you know, you didn't see, you didn't see it coming. You just saw Spider-Man say, I'm, 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 go- I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to hit you. And then he just turns around and goes, the hell I'm not. And, uh, and knocks him halfway across. Oh the- yeah. That blonde dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was just a really powerful moment. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it just sticks with me all these years later. For why, I, I don't know. Probably somebody reading it now would say, I don't get it. Uh, but also, it, that's the, the issue where it was introduced that uh, Kung Fu fighting was uh, his oh, Mary Jane song. That's right. That's so right. that's another. Uh, so, the only person that's ever oh, referenced that ever since was, was DeFalco. Which just goes to show that he they is. are references at like three what, times. Would when uh, Len Wein rank pretty high on your list, Jr. of Spider Man Amazing Writers? Where would he rank? Like you know, who's, who's number one? Uh, well, I mean, one Stan. Stan has to be number one just because yeah. of 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 who he was and what he did and yeah. what he you know in his role in creating the character. Oh Lord, you know, I I don't I don't know because is he top five, top ten? I I, I don't. Probably top 10, but, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I like Stern, uh, you know, Stern, Mantlo, um, trying to, uh, what, John, Marv Wolfman. Mar- Marv Wolfman was a run that I thought prematurely ended. He, he Lynn, Lynn wouldn't be in my top five. Uh, he might be in the top 10, but then there's not been that many anyway. So, right. Um, Still a solid writer and a, and a big contribution to comics. Well, yeah, w- without a doubt. I mean, just, you know, pull up his Wikipedia page and, you know, Wikipedia's yeah. caveat emptor, but still, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised at just uh, how pervasive his influence was. Right. So, all right. I, I think his, his influence at DC was huge. Uh, the fact that he created Wolverine. Um, Hugh Jackman has literally credited his career to Lin Wein. So, uh, for that, yeah. you know, we're all appreciative. Uh, Zach, yeah, there's a new PS4 trailer for the video game, Spider-Man. Tell yes. me about that. Okay. So if you, uh, if George you has not- left. <laughs> <laughs> George, George oh, has funny. left. George has left the building. Okay. Tell all me right, about it. New trailer drop. Uh, so, so we got a new trailer. Finally, we got a trailer. We just only got gameplay last time at E3. Uh, so a little bit more has been revealed. It looks like uh, Mary Jane may be playable as a result of this trailer. Uh, it, also, if, you, if you've if you got the... Um, in, in what way? Uh, <laughs> not that way. <laughs> is it like like, a, like a blow-up doll kind of way? No, no, no. no. Oh, so is, right. is Mary Jane a reporter? Is that what I'm getting? Uh, it's. It, I kind of got that vibe, but it's not really. Yeah. It's not really confirmed by the trailer. Uh, looks like Miles will have a, 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 a an influence. It's not just going to be a cameo. Uh, don't know if he's going to be playable yet. Uh, also, if you watch the uh, Homecoming Blu-ray, they actually do a quick interview with the creative team, and uh, they did confirm in that interview that he's actually going to be twenty-three. He's not going to be fifteen for a while. 23-year-old uh, Peter Parker sounds good. Yeah. Um, as opposed to 15. They are, you know, using a little bit of duality with Mr. Negative and and um, and Peter. So they are going to kind of play with some of those elements. But I think they'll probably end up doing a better job, in my opinion. Cause, I, I think the uh, yeah. the face of Peter Parker looks off. So do, Definitely so does Aunt May. 
That doesn't look like Ant-Man. Ant-May does not look like Ant-May. I'm sorry. At all. No. Uh, that is that is my big con of the trailer was when we saw Ant-May, it looked it did not look anything like Ant-May. No. Um it looks like a it looks like Marissa Tomei. It just doesn't no, fit. It doesn't even look like a Marissa Tomei. It looks like a random 60-year-old well, woman that they named Aunt May. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't look right. Uh, the modeling <laughs> is off on that. The, the costume has continued to grow on me. But for some reason, cosplayers absolutely love they it. They love I the don't white spider, why. George. Well, let's make let's make all our decisions based on, on what they want. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I just, I'm just acknowledging that it is a popular Great. costume and cosplay. Here's all the cookies for them. Yeah, but, um, the, um, yeah, it looks great. It's a stupid everything, costume. Everything um, aesthetically looks fantastic. It just looks like it's going to crush it. I think the gameplay looks a lot better than the cutscenes of the humans. Yes. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. Uh, and so this I'm, is I'm, obviously they're still working on it too. I'm Get obviously picking up, it up. Are, Zach, are you picking it up? Uh, yeah, I think uh, between me and my roommate, we're we're definitely going to have that. We are going to pick it up. Jr. Is Spencer going to get it? He gets sure. all the other Spider-Man games. He doesn't have a PlayStation Four. Uh, he's oh. um he's an Xbox junkie now. Oh. Um, this was literally covered the last time Spencer was on the show, Brad. Oh, I'm so you sorry. Poor, hit that poor, poor, poor man. I, I've slept Xbox since then. So have I. What's uh, your excuse? Nothing. Poor guy. <laughs> Being an Xbox guy, I just, I just. George, you I'm got sorry. a PlayStation. I don't, George didn't have shit. What are you talking? I about? thought you did. George, a PC. No. Game. Oh, yeah, you're a George PC is, gamer. I thought you had George, an Xbox and a PlayStation. I did a long time ago, okay. and then when they got the new versions. Uh, when Xbox, Xbox One. One and the uh, PS4 came out, um, I was that's like, when that's when we lost you. Okay, yeah, I was like, you know what? Here, I'm just going to be PC Master Race. I'm good. I don't, you know. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. Um, for for a lot of people, it seemed like Xbox Xbox One has just stumbled out of the gate. Uh, this this, this well, console- no, that, X- Xbox Xbox One. Uh, the whole thing with that was that Microsoft shot themselves in the foot with it by coming out <laughs> at, that, at that disastrous conference when they debuted both of them, and Microsoft came out uh-huh. basically saying, "Oh, and you're not going to be able to sell the games after you've bought them, and oh, you're going to have to be online all the time, and oh, this and that." I mean, like literally oh, every yeah. they were trying to sell all these neat features that fans hated. Right. And then, yeah. and then, and then PlayStation yeah. the next day came out and said, "We're going to let you do whatever the hell you want to do," and people were like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> and then months later, Xbox and was like, "We're not going to do those things that we said. We've changed <laughs> because literally, it definitely affected the pre-orders on Amazon. People started canceling like wildfire on Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, they did. And, and literally, people. Okay, literally, there was like a, it was almost like Sony literally watched that that presentation and they said, "Let's take everything list. opposite of what they say." Which is a good that's strategy. exactly what happened. Yeah. And, oh, and oh, by the way, it was a hundred dollars cheaper. Oh, I remember than that. Xbox One. We're, yeah. we're going back to twenty because you had to have the connect. All right, yeah, uh, so. let's move on to Jr.'s uh, other topic, which I always like to give Jr. a funny one. Uh, oh, evidently, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, you can Spider-Man want a new car. How about we take it from there? It's funny, hey, but this is this is the thing that Jr. always prepares for. This is the things that he that he writes in airports for four hours. <laughs> this is the thing he stays up for. This is the the one thing he works on. Yeah, and Brad always delays it until the dead end when Jr. is ready to pass out. <laughs> and Jr. has to listen to all this other shit that he doesn't care about. 
Crap's about and is asked to comment. That's because on my Brad, said, Brad Jr., you're not saying anything because Jr.'s like, "Cuz I think this is stupid. I don't want to talk about this." That's because I know the way I, I close the show with a funny bit. Well, and Jr. tries to always deliver this. I stuff. feel bad for you, Jr. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll I'll hold you to that next time you say I make shit up or you know you cite a lot of preparation or okay okay hang on are any of are either of those things untrue. <laughs> It doesn't matter whether they're true or not. It, was, <laughs> it doesn't matter, Jeff. It, it was the lack of respect you showed in the way you said it. Unfortunately, boys and girls, there wasn't as much material as there was with the thing with Flower Spider Man. Oh God, that was so funny. Was there was really no story there because uh, it was just, I mean, we didn't even know what flower Spider-Man did. He just ran to the guy, but the story didn't say, did he actually help him or do anything? So there was, I thought flower Spider-Man put on a hoodie and acted like Spider-Man. <laughs> well, I mean, he ran, he ran to the get guy it? because, because flower, I thought he put on a hoodie and acted like he's a clone. Because oh, flower, flower as wow. a flower. Oh, wow. That was, Tip okay. your waiter, folks. All the middle fingers. Uh, not, none of us got that, George. But, wow. but, but this one, this one is just so, is, is just so straightforward. There's not real much to do with it. Uh, apparently, uh, there's this Dutch manufacturing car, uh, car, which I didn't realize the Dutch made cars. I thought they just made windmills and, and wooden shoes. <laughs> wow. uh, but uh, <laughs> we just lost our five listeners in the Netherlands. Actually, we just so, gained one. We're up to 28 viewers watching us now. <laughs> I said, I, I said our, our listeners in the Netherlands, and you oh, said, the, oh, we just went up because we gained a viewer. And I'm like, that's not. <laughs> I'm so well, sorry. <laughs> at, at least at least that's not as, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, labeling a country as much as assuming that just because they're from uh, Sweden, they like ABBA or something and yet, like that. And but yet it, when we did our internal polling, <laughs> what did we find consistently from people from Sweden? What, what, what was our findings on that, JR? Remind me. I don't know that they what what kind of that they watch the sound of music or something. That all know. the people we talked to Sweden to that were from Sweden liked ABBA. Oh, <laughs> boom! <laughs> the two. Okay. Well, anyway, you, let, let's, let's, you know, and it's amazing too. I mean, you know, America. Uh, people who live in America are called Americans. People who live in England are called English. Canadian, Canada's called Canadians. Where? How come? How come? Nether, Dutch. Why aren't they called Netherlanders? I always kind of wonder why aren't they called Netherlanders? But anyway, that is a that is a topic for another podcast, Jr. Oh, oh, it is. Okay. Yes. Uh, anyway, actually, that almost sounds like some kind of a uh, TV show or whatever. Netherlanders. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so okay, uh, tell, give me the setup. Go ahead. Oh well, I've been trying. I've been on trying. Discovery. I've been trying. Uh, anyway, Opal, which I thought was a jewelry or something, but Opal apparently it's Dutch, like this Dutch manufacturer of cars, which I, you know, again, I didn't know they made cars, but anyway, they, <laughs> they. Came up with a, a gimmick that if you filmed your test drive, you know, you went in there and you filmed your test drive and you got X amount of views. And I think I, I think I just it. I think I just have the video part up. I don't no. think I have the actual. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yes. I wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> that, 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 explain, that explains why it's difficult to read. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Raise your hand. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, this uh, this Dutch automaker or this Netherlander automaker, um, 
you know, said that, well, you know, if you create, make this YouTube video and you get, um, like 589,900 YouTube views on it, you get a rock car, the car. Uh, yeah. That well, the Carl rocks online edition. <laughs> that, that almost sounds like Carl rocks online edition. That almost sounds like somebody making a Springsteen automobile. Or Carl whatever. rock sounds like a porn star. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then if you got 739,600, now see, why didn't they do this? This must be a Dutch thing. Why didn't they just say like 600,000, 800,000, 1 That's million. Because all cars are nine nines on the end. Or, or is it because because Dutch money is weird to translate to American dollars? Therefore, maybe these are That's actually Dutch views, and they actually translate to like the Dutch <laughs> use the euro. Uh, I wish Jr. was our like uh, like Secretary of State. <laughs> I don't. Uh, so, like five hundred eighty nine thousand nine hundred Dutch YouTube views is really six hundred thousand U.S. YouTube. views. Oh my God! Okay, anyway, get get to the guts of the Spider Man. I am. I am. I'm setting. I'm setting it up. Yeah. He has to get through all the tasty Febreze crunch before we. <laughs> before we that get to the meat. Saginaw, Saginaw County by the Saginaw River. Anyway, but then you oh. can get a Corsa online edition for seven hundred thirty-nine six hundred thousand Dutch YouTube views, and then the Astra. Will cost you nine hundred twenty-two eight hundred thousand. So anyway, this guy who really is kind of a ringer, actually. I mean, because one, he made a professional, very professional-looking Spider-Man costume, yeah, and he made a prof- very professional-looking video. So it's kind of like I wonder, even though this thing would have cost him, uh, if he'd actually bought the car outright, it would have cost him. Uh, Twenty six thousand seven hundred ninety U.S. dollars. That was not. That's not a good look, Douglas. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's he doing there? I, I yawned. <laughs> so sorry. He, he, he yawned and it cut back to him in the middle now, of Jared's point. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait. Yeah, like George said, you 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 schedule these things to work. <laughs> oh, on, and then you yawn like, oh, I'm bored by what you're doing. No, now. I'm sorry. Well, you know, it's you're the way in for JR. I'm so sorry. Go ahead, JR. Anyway, this hey, is I'm, an early night for JR with the, pod, with the podcast. Is yeah, I was about to. So the anyway, dude so, dressed up in a Spider-Man suit. Yeah, he's trying to hurry me here. Uh, yeah, so a dude dressed up as Spider Man. He's doing this. Uh, <laughs> filmed, made a video where Spider Man's out driving a car. Yeah, and it craps out on him like you know, like a an old Chevy Vega, uh, and uh, so he you know hooks it with his web line and tows it into the the Opal dealership. And, uh, you know, and then you see the, the, the salesmen or what, which I guess salesmen are pretty smarmy, no matter wherever you live, you know, they're, hey. you know, they're, they're, they're pretty smarmy in uh, when they're Netherlanders or Dutchmen or whatever they call them there. And, uh, Dutchmen. Oh my we, God. We, now, wait a minute. Now, we just wow. see, all the now don't now, now the thing is, why do Dutchmen fly? I mean, why do Dutchmen drive? I thought all Dutchmen flow flew, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's where they got flying Dutchman, right? Because they flew. But anyway, um, so this guy um, filmed this video. YouTube chat is just quiet. <laughs> they're just listening. <laughs> there hasn't been one written. Maybe because they're asleep. They Actually, Hornacek said JR needs to be the U.S. ambassador to the Netherlands. <laughs> 
so he drags the car. He tows the car in. The the, the smarm this smarmy salesman, uh, you know, uh, puts him in this car. And Spider and this Spider Man, who must be one of the stupidest Spider Men around. Wait a minute. There's there's a lot of stupid. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I mean, we we haven't touched on. I mean, I know we we we've had stories about the Times Square Spider Man, uh, but this Spider Man doesn't know that you have to put gas in a car. Uh, because the car runs out of gas and he gets out and he looks at it like, God, what could have gone wrong with the car? Then he tows it back. The salesman, the salesman greets him. He webs the salesman's mouth or whatever. Like, you know, like the salesman ripped him off when I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're the dumbass who didn't put gas in the car. Um, and the smarmy salesman sounds like a spider electric company (laughs) there you go and lord president says he's quiet because he's in awe of the madness going on here i I love how brad is constantly trying to drive jr to get to the point and then continually derails him throughout It's, it's like you say it's, I have ADD. No, wow. it's like it's like Jr. is being Charlie Brown and I'm Lucy, and I'm totally fooling the football what, back from. I feel I'm sorry for the football. You, JR. I'm sorry for Brad's. <laughs> J- Jr. Tilt your camera well, down you know, just we, a little bit. George, you know George, oh. we're in this together. We, we are, are in this together. We are in this together. So it's kind of a mutual thing. We we try to compensate for Brad's weaknesses and Jr. Uh, <laughs> tilt, tilt your camera down just a little bit. Here, tilt your camera down just a little. Uh, yeah, oh, there yeah, you go. That way this entire night. Yeah, there you go. He can't, yeah, he can't go so- too far. We're going to see the dead bodies. <laughs> They're in the basement. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I can't. We don't want to see where the sausage is made. <laughs> well, you definitely don't want to see the sausage. But anyway. Um, oh, hiding underneath those dead bodies. So. You know it basically so so Spider-Man drives off in another car and I think that's the end. Um because I haven't played it. It was like a six minute video. It is it's it's clever, but it's really about three minutes worth of clever, uh, as opposed to six minutes worth of clever. Uh but so you gave it a C. What? You gave it a C. Oh yeah, I gave it a C. But it achieved <laughs> its objectives. It got the guy it got the guy a car. You know, bully for him. Although I wonder how much he spent on the making the video himself, because that, like I said, you know, that didn't look like somebody with a, uh, you know, somebody pulling out an old uh, uh, Sony video camera or whatever and making this. So I think we lost Brad. Did we lose Brad? Literally, I think. I, I, no, I, I, he, I, I think he fell asleep. I think we lost Brad. Either that or he's had a stroke and he's paralyzed. <laughs> and he paralyzed himself in his face bomb. Well, anyway, I guess that means that I can just continue rambling forever and ever and ever. Uh, I just we have to close the show by ourselves. <laughs> I guess we need to move on to Dicko News. Are you done with the segment? Yeah, are you done with the segment, Jr. We'll move on. Uh, to yeah, I'm, News. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm done with the segment. Uh, you know. But, uh, all right, all right. Then uh, I guess that's our last topic tonight, isn't it, Dicko News? <laughs> My internet just died. Did we have? Any, <laughs> did we have anything else to bring up? Well, I, I don't know. Apparently, uh, let's see. I, uh, you know, Brad, you're going to have to take that up with Al Gore. He's the one that invented it. <laughs> so, I mean, technically, this thing's still recording on YouTube, so let's just finish the show. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think we're, the we're only topic the we had left. I think the only topic we had <laughs> left was Dicko News, wasn't it? All right. So we're going to go so into Dick. What, oh, what else did we have? No, no, no. You don't get to do that. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I I started it, and then I'm I, trying to get confirmation myself. first of all that that's what we're doing. That that's the only thing we have left. According to the rundown, yes. 
Okay, that's what I thought. All right. Then uh, in Brad's absence, uh, we have one. Uh, we would ha- we have one news item left to cover, and that would be Ditko News. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and, uh, it is. So what's happening in Ditko News, uh, Zach? So Ditko is doing a fundraiser. That's right. You can be a part of Ditko News. Yes, what? Ditko is bringing what? back. Huh? Well, because, okay, you can be a part of Ditko News because you're going to help Ditko with a new book called Mr. A. That's right. The infamous Mr. A. A is A. His Aaron Rand inspired <clears throat> character that somewhat inspired. Didn't he inspire the question or create the question as a result of it or something like that? Yes. Yeah. So if you're a fan of the question and you're a fan of Mr. A, you can certainly go online. There's a Kickstarter. And uh, has anybody looked at the Kickstarter t- lately? I like, did. It was they, like, they, yeah, they, they funded it. I looked before they, we started recording tonight. Okay. So they have now fully it's, it's been funded. funded now. Yeah, I knew when the article came out, it was like 75% there. So um, I think half of that's probably from Rich Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we're stuck on video, JR's video, even, even though, uh, even when Zach talking. Oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I guess uh, JR, click on, do a double click on the, uh, on the feed and so it'll jump back and forth because I guess you're now hosting this. I don't know who's you're hosting. You're kidding. Oh my, uh, oh my lord! <laughs> so anyway, it, it, it doesn't matter. This is mostly audio anyway. So um, yeah, so we we we've got some new Ditko material. Uh, nothing, of course, Spidey related, but of course, uh, anything that happens with Ditko because he's like our our, our Loch Ness monster. We have to mention uh, what's going on with it. So uh, is Brad texting us back? Tell he's, te- tell he's, te- he's texting me back. Finishing the segment. All right. So, so anyway, they um, you want to go on there. I think it's still open through December fifteenth. So, if you want to continue to contribute, maybe you will get a second anthology book uh, produced for uh, Mister A. And uh, don't ask him for any more Spider-Man crap because he probably won't answer. So, all that being said. um, But don't let that stop you. By all means, go ahead and keep writing. Like yours is going to be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that way we can sit there and, and talk about it here on the Spider-Man Crawl Space because we can say those type of things, especially now that Brad's not in the room. So anyway, George, you have some 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 final thoughts from Brad? Uh, yeah, Brad. Uh, I'll, I'll read you exactly what Brad said. Brad said, uh, "Tell everyone I said thanks for watching." Lol. 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 And then he said, I had JR full screen. It won't change because I'm crashed. Oh. I don't don't know what's going to happen. Like when we all hang up, if this thing is going to just keep recording and it's just going to record. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, let's see. I don't know. Maybe, you know, Brad, Brad continues to text here. He says, uh, tell all those losers that. uh, (laughs) He did not say that. You know, and uh, say, tell, tell, uh, whatever. Yeah. Do we have any uh, question, final questions for uh, from the chat? Uh, anyone want to ask Jr. something to keep him up even longer? <laughs> Extreme close up by English I was about to say, surely, surely, nope. Not every, everybody's not having to look at me, are they? 
good. Yeah, yes, they you're, are. You're the only yeah. one up on the YouTube. <laughs> you're kidding. No, it's just, it's yeah, all you. Brad, I mean, like, those, oh, my God. I do do Nair still like down green. there in the bottom corner, but it doesn't. It's it's only switch. It's only staying on you. It's like frozen. I'm, on you. I'm always ne- relegated to the bottom corner. What are you guys talking about? Hornacek anyway. says Brad's text to Jr. says the crawlspace belongs to you now. <laughs> what are Jr.'s favorite Spidey stories of the 1990s? I don't know that I have. Oh, favorite Ooh. Spidey story of the 1990: Peter Parker, Spider-Man number 75. <laughs> 